Welcome to the Rabbit Hole Club, where we're keeping it surreal and talking about all things odd, mysterious, and paranormal. This is show 21. Tonight, I'm delving into a rabbit hole topic that's strange, uncomfortable, bizarre, and alarming, and I'm doing it alone. So, you're stuck with just me for this show. I'm looking into celebrities who claim they've sold their soul to the devil, and I didn't realize there are so many of them. We're going to explore all the theories, such as deals with the devil, possession, the reptilian agenda, and clones. This show is not only super creepy, but it's candid with mature content and some adult language, so be advised. Before we dive in too deep, remember to hit that subscribe button and give this show a thumbs up. Your support is what helps keep me bringing you fun and freaky shows with colorful guests, interesting ideas, and amazing stories. You should also keep in mind that I've included some great photos and videos in the YouTube version. So if you're listening to this, remember to check out the video too. You can find it easiest by browsing the video gallery on my website. My channels are full of fun little goodies that'll make you go, hmm, and they can all be found on my website along with all my social media, YouTube, and podcast links. TheRabbitHole.club. That's right, I said .club. C-L-U-B. I'm also super excited that my show is newly listed with all the podcast distributors under Colleen's Rabbit Hole Club. That's C-O-L-L-E-E-N-S, Rabbit Hole Club. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, FYYD, and many more. If you or someone you know would like to share a scare, a show idea, personal experience, or anything else odd and unusual, you can call my hotline at 816 816- 514-5084. Leave a message there or send an email to submit at therabbithole.club. And now, on to the show. Starting the show, let's take a look at this week's rabbit reel, reviewing the paranormal news around the world. In ghost hunting, research, and development, EVPs top the news tonight. Recorded ghostly voices can often be frustrating when you're trying to hear or understand what they're saying. Sometimes the quality just isn't great, but with the new 32-bit float point advancement in sound recording, that is changing. This gives a greater depth to the sound that is recorded, allowing more information to be digitized, even eliminating red peaks completely. I've personally spent hundreds of hours reviewing and compiling sound clips of electronic voice phenomenon, and I can tell you that I'm anxious to play more with this. I know, I know, I'm geeking out, but it really is a cool thing. I've been using it to record my shows, and I'm super eager to use it on our next investigation. In astronomical news, the moon seems to be the topic of the month, and the debate is ramping up. Is the moon a solid celestial body? or a constructed satellite that could be hollow. Evidence to the latter is coming in with strong potential. It seems that in 1969, the Apollo lunar module crashed a payload onto the lunar surface, resulting in the entire moon ringing like a bell for almost an hour. What the hell? They believe this anomaly indicates massive hollow spots and enormous structures that are probable inside the moon. While NASA officially refutes this claim, they also have an active rover research program in place where they are investigating the massive holes and cavernous tunnels plainly visible on the moon's surface. 
If you're one of those folks who listen to Corey Good, David Wilcox, or any of the other fine folks at Gaia, they support the satellite moon theory and have a lot of interesting data to back it up. We know our moon is in tidal lock to our planet, which is a mind-blowing concept to begin with. We also know the moon rotates on its axis at the same speed as the Earth, which is why we never see the dark side of the moon. In addition to that, we know very bright and strange lights can be seen flashing on the moon's surface from Earth and have been well documented for hundreds of years. Lots of weird structures have also been reported, none of which have a natural explanation. So the next time you take a look at our wonderful moon, look again and wonder. That's not all the weirdness in the world this week, but that's all we have time for this episode. And now, down the rabbit hole we go. Let's begin this show by saying that this rabbit hole goes way deep and branches off in so many directions that it's easy to get lost fast. So be warned, by listening to this episode, you chose the red pill and once you swallow it, there's no turning back. I also want to make it clear that selling your soul or being possessed isn't something that just happens. There has to be a conscious decision made by you and you have to agree to it. You can't just be possessed or lose your soul because some demon decided they liked the way it looked. With that said, let's dig into some history. For centuries and across every culture on this planet, there are stories about people selling their souls to the devil, signing a macabre contract in their own blood for their own desired power, fame, fortune, and personal gain. Most famously in the early 16th century was Johann Faust, who was a mathematician and alchemist. This story is considered to be legend, but like all myths and legends, it's also said to have a strong basis in reality too. Faust was a successful German businessman who grew bored with his life and wanted more. So he went to the crossroads and summoned the demon Mephistopheles, who granted Faust his service for a number of years, along with all worldly pleasures in exchange for his soul. Faust arrogantly believed he could control the demon, but in the end, he found out that was a fool's folly, and you can't dance with the devil without paying the piper. His story has inspired much literature, music, and theatrical interpretations over the centuries. John Dee was another man of that time who went down in history for his role in summoning the Dark Angel. Dee was a mathematician, alchemist, and spent his life striving to be a sorcerer and advisor to Queen Elizabeth I. He also boasted one of the largest libraries in England at the time, where he studied hermetic philosophy, astrology, astronomy, divination, and all kinds of other mysteries. The story goes that, while he was a deeply pious man who was devotedly faithful, he also believed in communing with the angels for guidance and advice on how to unite mankind. This was a dangerous time to hold such beliefs and practices, and it landed him in prison for heresy where he spent the next several years atoning for his crimes. Enter his assistant, self-proclaimed medium and necromancer, Edward Kelly. Kelly was said to appear on Dee's doorstep, bragging he was able to summon the dead. Dee and Kelly put their heads together and, as legend has it, went to a graveyard and summoned the devil to ask for his advice on how to unite mankind. No one knows what Lucifer said to the two men, 
but the tale goes down in history nonetheless. The table that was used during their ritual is still on display at Chetham and said to have a burn mark on it from the hoof of Satan himself. In more modern times, the famous story is that of Robert Johnson, the enigmatic blues musician who couldn't play a lick until he went to the crossroads to strike a deal with the devil. When he returned a couple of months later, he immediately made his name as the best blues player to ever live. But sadly, his recording career lasted a mere seven months. Then he died in 1938 under super sketchy circumstances. Speculation ran wild, but most agreed he drank whiskey that was poisoned by a vindictive lover or by her jealous husband, and no one was ever formally charged with his death. Whatever the case, he died never knowing his own fame, and to this day, Countless musicians have recreated his music, landing him as number one in blues for fans all over the world. Even if you don't know his name, I guarantee you've heard his music. In recent years, we have a list of celebrities as long as my arm who either blatantly stated that they sold their soul, have lyrics relating to selling their soul, or are suspected because of their strange behavior in public, on camera and on stage. And the list includes much more than musicians and actors. Politicians, the elite, and religious leaders are also said to be included. This is where the rabbit hole branches into scary and bizarre tunnels for us to get lost in. To be honest, I've had to take several breaks in writing this show because the subject matter is just so heavy. Now, I've personally spent a lot of time on movie sets over the years, and I've had a couple of experiences on this subject that left me scratching my head. The one that sticks out most in my mind was whenever I worked with Tracy Lords a few years back for several weeks on an independent film. It was a great, light-hearted little family film we shot in the middle of Kansas, and for all intents and purposes, we had a ball. Now, I have no idea what Lords' soul status is, and it's really none of my business, but my time with her was pretty weird, and quite honestly, very uncomfortable. When my oldest son found out I was working with her, his face brightened, and he said, Mom! Would you please ask her about going to the castle with Marilyn Manson? Not knowing what I was getting into, I told him I would. I assumed he was talking about Aleister Crowley's castle or some fancy function somewhere cool. So, on day three of production, I was helping her into makeup and I asked her about it. At the time, she was in the mirror putting mascara on and she stopped. Eyes wide, looked at me in the mirror and almost dropped her mascara wand. How did you know about that? She asked. I know I sounded ridiculous, stuttering and stammering, but her dramatic reaction took me by surprise. I explained that my son had asked me to ask her. I told her I thought he'd read it somewhere in a book, probably Marilyn Manson's autobiography. She was not amused, but she told me the story anyway. She said that back when she was on tour singing, Manson was an opening act and he followed her all around asking for a date. This was before he made it big. She always declined, but after the tour, he convinced her to come join him in San Francisco because he wanted her to meet somebody. She and a friend flew out and Manson took her to the castle where she met Anton LaVey. So it was Anton LaVey's castle the father of modern Satanism and author of the Satanic Bible. She said she was greeted at the door by LaVey's wife with a Hail Satan, but she didn't say any more about her visit there. After that conversation, she treated me very differently and definitely wasn't my favorite actress to work with. It seemed like I couldn't do anything right for her. I remember one day in particular, we were filming in a local church. 
complete with the local pastor and congregation. She made quite a big deal out of how uncomfortable she was in the church many times that day, even disappearing outside every chance she got. The thing that really got me was when the pastor introduced himself to her two-year-old son. This child burst into hysterical tears, squirmed around in his mother's arms and pushed the guy away screaming. She turned to me smiling and said, did you see that? He really doesn't like that preacher man. Like it was cute or something. I felt bad for the kid and the pastor both. When that production wrapped, I was super relieved. But I had some pretty disturbing dreams and I came home with a nasty burn on my chest under the medal of protection I wore around my neck. It was absolutely in the shape of my medal, including all the details, almost like I had been branded with it. Coincidence? Hmm. So there's a personal story I can't explain. First up on the 20th century list is Mr. Bob Dylan. Now, I'm not personally a fan of this guy or his music. I never have been. Back in the early 90s, I saw him in concert at the Muni in St. Louis, and he really turned me off. It was awful. Every time the crowd cheered or clapped for him, he turned and played with his back to the audience. Blech. That's just rude in my opinion, and it left me cold. Recently, however, he did a 60 Minutes interview where, at the very end, he makes some very puzzling comments that has everyone speculating. Why do you still do it? Why are you still out here? Well, it goes back to the destiny thing. I mean, I made a bargain with it, you know, a long time ago, and I'm holding up my end. What was your bargain? To get where um, I am now. Sh should I ask who you made the bargain with? <laughs> with, 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 you know, with the chief, uh, chief commander. On this earth? <laughs> and on this earth and, in, uh, and then in a world we can't see. Is he talking about God or the devil? Is he being cryptic or funny? Did he sell his soul or does he have big faith? You could take this so many different ways. And knowing his lyrics, maybe as just a poet's ruse, but it sounds so mysterious. Roseanne Barr openly admits she sold her soul to the devil in both an interview on The Late Show with Craig Ferguson and in her book. And when I was 12 years old, I signed a, a deal with Satan in my room, and I, I was there. CBS doesn't condone no. this in any way. Wait a minute. <laughs> because I wanted to get famous no matter what, and, you know, then I forgot that I had this deal with Satan and everything, and then I got really famous. So is she being her darkly sarcastic self, or is she for real? She speaks so matter-of-factly about it, and with her, it's just so hard to tell. Many performers of today also have ties to Serbian performance artist Marina Abramovic, who is well-known in elite circles for her sinister and macabre conceptual and endurance art, usually if not always involving very dark subject matter. For over 40 years, she has explored the relationship between artist and audience by, as Wikipedia puts it, confronting pain, blood, and the limits of the human body. 
You can kind of use your imagination there, and it probably won't get as gross as she actually does for her audiences. Rumors run wild about this woman and her ties to everything from demonic possession to harvesting and partaking in adrenochrome with all kinds of famous people. Take for example Lady Gaga, who's been known to participate in some of the freaky party favors presented by Miss Abramovich. She's also studying what's known as the Abramovich Method with the performance artist. But does that mean she sold her soul? Lady Gaga has also been quoted as saying that she has dreams about being in a bloody ritual where she signed a deal for fame and fortune. So did she? Whispers of Beyonce and Jay-Z worshipping and being possessed by demons are also on this list. A recent video of Beyonce performing on stage has people talking because, as she's dancing, her face changes dramatically into something pretty scary. Then it returns to normal in the flash of a few frames. She said later that she can feel something come into her when she performs like that, and credits her alter ego, Sasha Fierce, with the process. Her longtime husband, Jay-Z, has been said to be a big supporter of the Illuminati, using their symbolism all over his work. He denies all of this, saying it's stupid and ignorant to believe such things exist, but people will take it and run with it regardless. Song lyrics about artists selling their souls are plentiful throughout the 20th and 21st centuries, too. Here's just a few examples. Eminem raps, I sold my soul to the devil and I'll never get it back. And Lucifer's here to influence listeners through it. I assume he's talking about his music there. Not sure. DMX raps, I sold my soul to the devil and it was cheap. In Kanye West's song, Eyes Closed, he raps, I sold my soul to the devil and that's a crappy deal. Least it comes with a few toys like a Happy Meal. Wow. Then we have artists who are said to have sold their souls but claim they didn't do it. Topping that list is Tupac Shakur. The rumor says he sold his soul for fame and fortune in 1989, but in his own words, he says he was a light for God. A lot of people, black, white, Mexican, young or old, fat or skinny, have a problem being true to themselves. They have a problem looking in the mirror and looking directly into their own souls. The reason I sell six million records, the reason I could go to jail and come out without a scratch, the reason I could walk around, the reason I am who I am today is because I can look directly into my face and find my soul. It's there. It's not sold. I didn't sell it. It's still within me. I still feel it. My heart is still connected to my body. So I, I could, any character, I'm going to bring that intensity, that truth, that honesty to it because I have to repay for, for that blessing from black Jesus, from God, have to pay for that by shining. If he give you the, the voltage and you waste it, that's the curse. He gave me the voltage, I'm a shine. It's not mine, it's from God, it's God. Not that it's so special that nobody got it, but all of our gifts and blessings and, and our strengths and our weaknesses come from God. In recent years, there've been many video examples of celebrities acting strangely on camera. Theories are all over the place, including demonic possession, clones, MK Ultra mind control, and reptilian shape-shifting. Every one of these theories warrant their own episode of this show, but let's graze the surface here. These videos show familiar faces getting stuck in various and twisted ways that you don't often see in everyday life. In an interview alongside her husband, Michael Ford, Singer Kiki Wyatt started doing some really weird things with her eyes. 
her face contorted slightly, and her eyelids start fluttering independently of each other, looking almost like a creepy fembot malfunction. In several other videos, Katy Perry's eyes do really weird things too. In one, her right eyelid shuts while the left eyelid stays open. It looks really awkward and almost mechanical. She reaches up, presses her temple, and her eyelid flies open, only to clamp shut a second time. She taps her temple again, the eye opens, and she continues her performance. Then there's the one where her blue eyes turn green, develop a slit where the pupil should be, and then return to normal again. So weird. Is this a glitchy clone thing or a shapeshifter thing? Inquiring minds want to know. Wendy Williams also had a creepy fembot moment on the set of her talk show. In the show, she's dressed up like the Statue of Liberty, talking merrily to her audience when she suddenly convulses strangely and falls to the floor. NBA star Draymond Green had a crazy episode in an after-game interview where the reporter asked a question and Green just froze for about 20 seconds. His gaze wasn't on anyone at all and his face was slack to the point where one of his teammates answered the question until Draymond was able to compose himself. There's also a ton of videos out there of everyone from actors and musicians to politicians and newscasters who are accused of shape-shifting on camera. During one interview, Dove Cameron's pupils changed to slits just like Katy Perry's did. I went over that video nine ways to Sunday and it's really there. By the way, in case you're listening to this episode instead of watching it, I'm including all this video on the YouTube version, so be sure and check it out. Britney Spears also has a video interview out there where her eyes are doing funky things. In the video, Spears' eyes do something crazy and I had to watch it a few times because it's so incredibly strange. Her eyelids are open, but there's like another eyelid that closes vertically over her eyeball. It kind of reminds me of the way some reptiles blink. So weird. Could this really mean these famous people have clones that are glitching out? Or maybe someone's controlling their minds with a terrifying government experiment? Are they possessed? Shape-shifting reptiles? Or are these strange actions indicating some type of medical condition like seizures, drugs, stress, or exhaustion? When they admit it in interviews, lyrics, or performance, are they being sarcastic? Funny? Cryptic? using dark metaphors to describe nefarious contracts? Or are they really serious? To be honest, it's really none of our business what other people do with their souls. As long as they aren't doing anything to directly or indirectly affect other people or cramming their beliefs down other people's throats, we are all free to make our own decisions. Personally, I feel like if I have to sell my soul to accomplish something, I don't want that. I would never advise anyone to bargain their soul for anything because that's the only thing in this universe we have that is truly our own. This life is fleeting. Eternity is forever. That's my show for this week. Special thanks to my wonderful boyfriend and my amazing family for helping me get this project off the ground and rolling it to a good place. Next week, we're going to lighten up a bit and get into the Christmas spirit where we'll talk about the mythos of Santa Claus and Krampus. It'll be an adventure, so don't miss it. Thanks for listening and keep it surreal.